Okay, we're on a roll. We're going to record. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, can you hear yourself? Yeah. This is Jay Alejandro. This is Jaime in some circles, and I'm joined by my wife, Maddie. This is Our Kids Asleep. It is a podcast where we tink to all kinds of things. We consider all the tinks that we could potentially have, and uh, we... That was a good workaround. Yeah. (laughs) We're really afraid of NPR suing us. (laughs) Yeah, they could really come after us, actually. I'm concerned about that. Um, But what were we going to talk about? We had a a sort of like half-assed episode tonight. Well, first thing I wanted was I came up with something, and I feel like maybe we've already talked about this, but if we haven't, I'm going to bring it up anyway. Okay. Um, I had an idea for how we could open the podcast. Oh, yeah? Tell me. Like, one or both of us, one or the other could say, hi, this is Maddie, and hi, May, and our kid's asleep. Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're super, like... like a radio show. Oh, like... Like after hours, kind like, of, or like <laughs> that's kind of the the tone that I had, so I wasn't sure really. Well, like I don't know, it's hokey. No, but I but, thought but, it would be a fun way to incorporate like the the concept of the show into the intro. Into the intro, and that's a lovely idea. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful idea <laughs> we that we might should pursue. try it. Maybe we'll see yeah, how, um, how it goes. I'm down for that. I don't have anything better, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's It's been like, hey, guys, we're here, so let's fucking talk. Yeah. Yours has a bit more nuance, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, and uh, I did want to just let people know how excited I am that I have a feeling we're going to get a new theme song in the next little while because our son has been fucking killing it on Band Lab. Yeah. And he's picked up the tablet he started doing his own things and he's using the the packs that they already have preset mm-hmm. and he's just like rocking out and, and he's <laughs> just like designing these like really sick sounding um, recordings. So I'm really, really proud of him and really excited to bring some new themes here soon. Mm-hmm. Very, very soon. <laughs> anyway, uh, what else are we going to talk about? What's the big item of the evening? So, um. Well, we haven't really podcasted. Have we podcasted since the insurrection? Um, we we haven't really. I mean, I, I think that we can talk about it because we had a guest last time. Oh, and right. it kind of ties into the episode or the show that we're actually going to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. So I'll let you I'll let you do we want to bring that up too, just in conjunction with. Absolutely. It's a perfect time. OK, so we binge watched probably like in two or three weeks we've binge watched the show veep on hbo and um if you don't know if you live under a rock it's a show um starring julia julia louis dreyfus and a bunch of other awesome people and she plays the vice president of the united states and it's sort of a comedy ensemble um and they all you know it's julia louis dreyfus is the vice president and then like her staff <laughs> and um it is god i haven't like stopped thinking about it since we finished it that one made me really have a longing for the show the moment it was done yeah everything led to its appropriate conclusion but i was still sitting there going i we need to watch it again yeah. like we just need to start over from the first <laughs> yeah. one and and that's exactly what we did <laughs> very few shows just completely immerse me in it but i think it was also the amount of episodes that we consumed 
yeah. in one sitting. I that was that's, pretty I unreal. I think that's kind of um, a new experience um, in terms of like TV watching because that wasn't the way we used to watch TV. The way we used to watch TV was no. week to yeah. week. You know, and you you could digest for a little bit yeah. and enjoy that one episode. It was more like a like getting thrown a bone, like the yeah. morsels, much like the way Oscar is eating his food right now. He's just <laughs> he eats a little bit. He goes away, looks for Phoebe's food, and then he comes back, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh, okay, what am I missing?" Um, yeah, and I just think that nowadays it's like they want you to binge it, so they. You know, the longer you're watching, you know, the more views they can rack up. The more up. data they're getting from you behind yeah. the scenes. So, so it, it you know, that, that autoplay feature kicks in and you just let them play. And eventually <laughs> we we had the week off last week. So we just fucking plowed through them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to digress for a moment and talk about what it's like to be on vacation for a week Ugh. without any real plans? With, it was with the just best. Like, yeah. We did uh, like a legit staycation. Obviously, we're in a pandemic. We're not going many places these days um it was really like so because um the nature of our work we didn't there wasn't a lot of time well there was no time where we were completely not working right which is you know we're grateful for that um there was a period of time where i was working much much less um but that since you know work has ramped up again so um we hadn't really taken much time off, save for a short trip to Saratoga in October. So we both decided that since we didn't take a lot of time or any time off around the holidays, that we would just take a full week off um, post New Year's at some point. Right. And uh, so we to we chose last week and it was... It was so nice. Like we just chilled out and watched Veep and you know, when we dropped our son off, we'd go and have coffee like old retired people. <laughs> like it was Oh my god. Yeah. It's I, it's kind of like the only way I ever want to live my life. <laughs> you really you really do week. feel like you're um on cloud 9. It felt surreal. It was really strange not to have a commitment. And even if it was something that was that was sort of like slightly talked about, like we wanted to do it, nothing was set in stone. And I don't think we've ever been in that kind of situation in our entire lives where we could just say, if we really wanted to, nothing will happen today and right. that will be OK. Mm -hmm. Like it was just a at least not before we had. I mean, not after we've had a kid. No, for <laughs> Maybe sure. before. Yeah. Yeah. Not but now. I was very thoroughly pleased. Yeah, it felt best really kind good. of vacation. Yeah, it felt really good. You know, we're gonna take a real vacation where we actually go somewhere uh, later in the year. But this was our where we decided to just just stay chill. put. Yeah, just chill for a little bit. You know, it was much needed. Um, and so you know, we used our time wisely and <laughs> finished Veep and. Uh, I don't know. Like, how did you feel about the show? I, okay. So with me, I mean, I, I always have a hes hesitation starting a new show. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm weary of the commitment. I'm never too comfortable f just starting something new because I, I think like, if I love this, this is going to take so much of my 
time and energy that either way, like, I just feel like a curmudgeon oh, about so it Oh, so that's now. the reason you don't like to commit? I'm the other way. I'm like, God, it's going to be such a waste of time if this show is garbage. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always just feeling like I'm, I know I'm going to love it. I'm, I know I'm going to have a good time, but the speed of life is such now that it's very difficult to sit down and invest in, in something of that size. That's why I, I still love movies. I still love sitting down. You get a two hour commitment, even four hours, you know, if you're feeling lucky and then, and then you go from there. Mm -hmm. But a series is a big commitment. And well, especially now that you have to watch it in one sitting. <laughs> exactly. It, it comes back to what we were talking about. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. exactly how it is. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed the show and the way it, it blossomed into, I, I can't really explain it. It, it, it was a very easy show to love. Mm -hmm. It wasn't uh, the kind of show that had like a like a like barriers or that you had to sit through the first season, you no. know, to get to the good part. Yeah, it's Everything. good from right off the bat. Like, yeah, yeah I agree. There was no hunt, like, there was no getting used to it. Period. There was no. You just have to push past the first couple episodes. Period. It was just. It was golden from the first episode. Yeah. Um. What are you doing? I was trying to do a backup recording because um, I don't know what what this other thing is doing. So I was like, you know what? Let's let's see if we can record because I can hear. See that like I can hear that a lot more than usual. So I don't know if it's our microphone or if it's just the recorder doing doing its thing. So, um, oh, by the way, we're back at the at the kitchen table <laughs> where where this began. So there's all kinds of cables here again. And uh, we're just kind of fiddling around so i apologize do you think i should stop it just to see if it works i don't want to yeah we can stop okay it. i just don't want to fuck this up okay we're back how do you feel good you're feeling good okay so let's keep podcasting about what we were talking about <laughs> we were <laughs> talking about veep um so yeah, so you were saying how you felt about it. Yeah, so it, initially it, w it was one of those things where like, okay, maybe we'll see how this goes sort of situation. But the characters from the get-go are so well drawn, so well fleshed out that you really get a sense of, of how selfish, corrupt, obnoxious, horrific people they all are. And not just one, not just the main protagonist. We're talking about every single person in the ensemble is just ir irredeemable in some way shape or form except maybe mike who's just kind of absent-minded mm -hmm. um but generally they are all just straight up horrific from the get-go i mm -hmm. think or do you think it got worse I, I mean i don't know No, it definitely got worse yeah. um the further in they got the more just <laughs> horrific shit they were willing to do yeah. to get what they wanted um but the thing about the show is that even though they're such terrible, irredeemable characters, you love them all. Yeah. Like, I was rooting for all of them. You know, at the same time, you're going, God, he's such an asshole. Or, God, he's, you know, she's so just uh, right. horrific. Like, so, should we give folks sort of a, a, a general idea of what this is? Like, what's what's a synopsis if you could summarize this show in um, just a little bit? So, Selena Meyer is the vice president, and she's obvious. She's obviously very ambitious. She has ambitions of being president one day, and 
So the show is pretty much just like following her journey um, to meet that goal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the <laughs> the antics that she participates in in order to get there and the people who enable her. And right. um, it's just it's comedy gold. And <laughs> I had a friend, I a friend of mine. I mentioned to a friend of mine that I was watching it and she said she had friends who worked in D.C. And she asked them one time, is D.C. more like House of Cards or is it more like Veep? And they both said it's definitely more like Veep. And that just like. And then wait, like we watched that thing where like the talk back. Yeah, they talked about like all these, um, you know, D.C. insiders or, or people who worked on the Hill who love the show and they were like oh it's exactly like that or like yeah. you know i have an an amy in my office or i have a, a gary in my office or you know whatever right um and so i just think it's so interesting that that the show was it was so heightened in some ways but it actually according to the source it's yeah. more true to life than maybe we'd like to believe yeah and i, I feel like you know, obviously we have this idea of what people of power look like. We have this this sort of fantasy in our minds of like, well, you know, a statesperson is supposed to act a certain way. But that sort of contradiction of of this this person who is not who doesn't have the best intentions and in and is also surrounded by buffoons, it plays like such a an awesome elevated farce in some ways. And then it gets really kind of um, traditional in that way, you know, in like that mm-hmm. mode where you're getting a lot of those really like physical and silly bits and the humor though, like the, the wit of the show is as hilarious as it is obscene. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the amount of profanity in the show is Ugh. so delicious. It's so like, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, like it's, it's a thing. It's almost like it's that kind of show where there's so many jokes that you have to like pause it while you're laughing because yeah. you'll miss 10 of the next jokes if you keep laughing through it. Especially if Jonah or or um, Congressman Furlong is yeah. there. I have to cast my vote. Furlong is my favorite character in that uh, fucking show. God, it's so he's so good because they like I, I love that bit when um, we were watching the talk back that they did where the the showrunner mentioned that when it came time for Furlong to speak, everyone had to give it their best shot. Yeah. Everyone had to come together like as a group of writers and say, what do you got? Yeah. Let's just like, like throw it attack at this thing. Yeah. And that's just such a like, I kind of get shivers at, at that stuff because you see it play out and it's just fucking gold. Yeah. Everything he says is just the most obscene thing you've ever heard. Yeah. But it's so like rewarding, especially when he's like shouting those insults at Jonah, who is garbage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just beautiful, beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get, like I, I have a lot of them cycling through my head now, but I don't really want to say them. Yeah. Because out of context they just you know i would probably lose friends over it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's um i don't know like it's it it is it's an interesting thing like the show is easy to love Mm -hmm. and it really is like it just i don't know you get so invested in the characters and they're you you know you're the whole time you're like 
is he going to, is that character going to betray Selena? Mm. Is that, you know, because there's so yeah. much backstabbing and, you know, yeah. going behind your, you know, doing things behind people's back and, and you know, to get your own agenda, you know, forward right. and stuff. And um, so part of it is like the comedy aspect of it, but then there's sort of like the intrigue part of it where you know you want to know what happened it's like almost like political intrigue because it you know yeah they're trying to get a bill passed or you know they're trying to get an endorsement or but it never feels heavy because right. the conflict is not between parties right i mean it, it is a supporting conflict but the main one is just their own idiocy yeah their own malfeasance you know right. and all the shit that they're up to and that they're conspiring to do so the show doesn't seem like it's it's just like a a partisan thing that's that's teaching a lesson every five seconds but rather <laughs> this is something that we can just laugh at how absurd the process is how really it, like when you get to the core of it, it it's just a joke right and i think <laughs> like a thing we noticed although it wasn't like it wasn't like in your face but a thing we noticed was that no political party is ever mentioned Right. And you, so you don't really know which side of the aisle any of the characters sit on. And to be honest, it doesn't matter. It really because, doesn't. Because everybody is only out for themselves and it just it's irrelevant. And and I think that's beautiful because everyone can enjoy the show, even if they think it's about the other side, <laughs> like which is something that uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus said, like. Everybody can enjoy it, even, you know, there's people who think it's about one side or the other. Right. But, you know, once you acknowledge that both the side, it doesn't matter because both sides are equally Compl reprehensible. Yeah, yeah. Most uh, complicit. And, and I think that just to, to put it into context with where we're at now, we need to laugh at the absurdity of what's going on now because the theater of these things has gotten to such a degree that it's it's just removing sort of like the purpose of politics it is a sport now it is theater as opposed to people representing their constituents coming together to do something useful for the country and for the people that they represent mm -hmm. i mean it's not that fucking hard they are there to work together to bring something home and i think like one of the reasons I wanted to watch the show at the time that we did, it wasn't really intentional, but I realized later that, um, A, we needed to laugh, <laughs> and B, it felt good to satirize this, the shit we're living. Right. You know, and it felt good to sort of see it on a level that was just completely absurd, but that wasn't that absurd in the situation that we found ourselves. So let's talk about the politics of right now and what led us to that breaking point where we said we're going to watch this show because we need something or we're going to either explode or or just, you know, drink ourselves to death because of how depressing mm -hmm. the situation is right now. The insurrection happened. Yeah, that was January 6th. So a great way to start the year, <laughs> I might add. Yeah. What was that reaction like? For you, why, for how did you feel? Yeah. Well, I was at work and I, you were messaging me. 
because my car broke down that day. Right. You're, you were home because your yeah. car didn't start. And uh, I was only kind of half paying attention because I was work's been, you know, work was crazy last month. And, um, you know, I logged into Twitter. I was looking at NPR. I was, oh, no, you know what I was doing? I was watching live updates on 538 mm. because it was the same day that <laughs> the Georgia, the Georgia, runoff the Georgia was runoff happening. was happening That's on right. that same day. So I was watching that. I was watching for that to <laughs> yeah. see if we, you know, if the Isn't Democrats would up? flip the Senate. We were waiting like in the morning. It was such a peaceful, traditional Yeah, I was thing. like, oh, it'd be so great if Georgia could really bring this home for us and we could yeah. have a 50-50 split in the Senate. Yeah. with harris as the tiebreaker so that was really all i was concerned about at that point and mm -hmm. then you were like dude shit's going down at oh this, yeah because and because they were certifying the election mm -hmm. which that's crazy that that was all happening on the same day they were certifying the con yeah. congress was certifying the election results the georgia runoff election results were coming through and that day i don't know if it, if it was a blessing or if it was a complete curse for me to be on twitter because when when stuff like that happens, you kind of want to get a sense of what's going on in the world, right? So you get online, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And I went to Twitter to see what the sort of what the tone was to see if I can get some real time news because that's just the speed of things. Yeah. It changes so quickly that, okay, Twitter is going to be the place to go mm -hmm. to get some real updates. And as I'm sitting there watching the Georgia runoff results come in and it starts to stall a little bit, yeah. you get to see this other wave of shit happening. Like, okay, Trump's doing a speech. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's telling people to go to the Capitol. Yeah. Um, people are actually going to the Capitol. Yeah. See, I didn't and understand that timeline. And you I, I personally felt like I was seeing the progression of all that stuff happening because I was just kind of checking my phone because I started to get anxious about it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think this is the difficult thing, though, is like the more you ingest of this, you know, of the information in those times, the more you're willing to believe the narrative or the more you reinforce it and you get anxious and you yeah. get really like just sucked into it. Which obviously it's a very severe and, and awful thing that happened. But it didn't, it but, didn't, it wasn't initial, at least to me, it wasn't initially that, it wasn't that clear how serious it was initially. Well, no, to me. nobody thought that it was going to be something like, like what happened mm -hmm. because up until the point they started storming it, I didn't think they were going to do shit. Right. I thought they were just going to, you know, like throw a fit, whatever. But when they started actually pushing, Mm -hmm. in and i didn't know exactly what happened because i i couldn't see from the news what like whether they were helped or or how that actually unfolded in the thick of it because nobody really knows unless you're there but when i saw them in the capitol i'm like this is unprecedented mm -hmm. this is something that we have not experienced there was a confederate flag in the u.s capitol for the first time mm -hmm. in the history of this country, like not even during the peak of the Civil War, was there ever a Confederate flag in there? Yeah. You know, and those are the kinds of things that, that we just don't realize because they're happening so quickly. But the feeling of folks, potentially armed folks storming the Capitol to inflict, you know, like murder or to, to uh, what was it, like uh, enact a trial, they were going to do something, weren't they? They were going to yeah that was that was the, the so thing. again this all was not clear to me until much later but i i guess i realized 
later that their intention was to drag out certain Congress people in zip ties and hang them in a gallows they had erected, you know, outside the um, the Capitol building. Right. And <laughs> I. That to me is some of the most disturbing shit I've ever heard. <laughs> like that our elected officials and you and you got a sense once you once I saw the video of like the Congress people, you know, um barricading themselves in their offices or conference rooms. Yeah. You got a, a better sense of the the danger they were in. The yeah. real danger they were in. And that's the thing. I didn't realize that until about three days later yeah. when they were actually walking you through what happened and when um the police officer uh, Eugene Goodman mm -hmm. is his name. When you saw exactly how close he was to the chambers and how he led these people, he diverted. Them. He diverted them. Um, you didn't realize how close they were to actually getting to these senators. I, I thought that, like you know, Secret Service was all over that shit, and they had evacuated everyone before. Um, but when the timeline was clarified for me, it felt like this could have been a very horrific situation more than it already became had they actually pulled off what they were looking to do because mm -hmm. that would have been uh, yeah uh, just a complete destruction of our democracy yeah. unfolding before our very eyes i mean this was pretty close yeah but actually seeing these plans through that they had in mind would have been a real blow to our democracy like without a doubt excuse me yeah, and I learned later also that, like, the QAnon stuff, um, I, I kind of read later, like, what the, Q, what the expectation was from the QAnon uh -huh. sort of community. They thought that on this day and on Inauguration Day that there would be arrests made. That mm -hmm. they would arrest Biden, they would arrest Pelosi, they would arrest everyone, the Bushes, the Obamas, mm -hmm. and then Donald Trump would come, you know, sweeping in yeah, and, and, and be inaugurated still... to his second term. And that, like, all these satanic, worshipping, baby rapist cannibals, <laughs> whatever they think. Um, these these would, lizard people. Yeah, you know, these Satanist pedophile, pedophiles would be... I don't know, executed? Is that what they thought? Well, right. that's that's what I really don't understand. But I think initially what I thought um, after before I had talked to you about it was that they were hoping for Mike Pence to essentially cast out the ballots oh, that, yeah. that he didn't feel were were fairly right, you know, processed. But like the illegal ballots, right? But I also quote unquote. Yeah. But I feel like even even to that point, like, yeah, I guess if they're doing their mental gymnastics to justify within the Constitution or whatever, I mean, they're trying to make sense of it. But something like. Like <laughs> acting upon the, the true conspiracy theory of like bringing down these like pedophile, like mm -hmm. super powerful people who happen to do it in a pizza shop, because that's kind of the recurring theme, right? Like. I guess mm -hmm. 
I just don't understand. It's a level I, of um of disconnect. Yeah, it's a complete it's disconnect. A, it's just complete disconnection from reality. And and yeah. to some degree, uh QAnon and this whole thing has like it uh has elements of like cult personality, you know? Like Yeah. Um and that's the level of belief is on par with a cult. It's an interesting, interesting discussion that we're kind of treading into because you don't want to justify like what any of these people believe in because it's complete fucking madness. It's kind of absurd. But I have this argument a lot with people just living in a conservative state. I mean, I feel that we don't know what the truth is anymore and it's very difficult to have these conversations with folks who disagree with you because there's no middle ground anymore i mean all the news that we receive is mostly tainted uh, i'm really holding out for npr and the bbc like maybe they're able to give us the most unbiased news that we can but Everything has a, a slant to some degree, uh, to the left or the right. Um, I never feel comfortable having an argument with anyone anymore because I, I just don't know that they're going to be committed to sort of like the, the rules of the debate, right? Which is, can we agree that the sky is blue? You know, right, it's like, you don't the know, sky is not blue right now. You don't know if they even live on the same plane of reality. Exactly. So why engage when that is really not going to get you anywhere? So, I mean, I was, I, I guess I'm kind of digressing again, but it's really difficult for these people to find the truth because they're so far into that rabbit hole that even if you... It, even something as straightforward as the sky is blue is not going to make sense well, to them anymore. It's hard for anyone to see the truth when they don't believe the truth when it's presented to them. Well, that's what I'm saying is it's, it's a slow corrosion of the truth. So this isn't something like, you know, you, you told somebody and they said, Oh, okay, that makes sense. No, this has been a 20 years in the making debacle caused by sort of like right-wing, you know, indoctrination through maybe Fox News and, and a lot of these like like more extreme channels, right, that, that were able to provide this information. But it wasn't an overnight thing. Mm -hmm. This is something that's been brewing for 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump was the payoff. Mm -hmm. This FA insurrection was the payoff. And here we are having to make sense of why half of our population feels this way why does half of our population believe in this stuff mm -hmm. because it's a big chunk of people it's a it's a well quite a few i people. would argue that um the QAnon thing maybe it's less is definitely not the 70 million people that voted for donald trump it's far yeah. less yeah i don't know what the numbers are but um you know, there's plenty of people who voted for Donald Trump who are like, QAnon is fucking crazy. You know? Right, right. And, and but, with anything, I mean, there's degrees of, of yeah. commitment to whatever cause that is. Mm -hmm. But um, so, you know, so the insurrection happened and then 
<laughs> we, felt like your heart was going to fall out of your butt. We sort of reckoned for that with that for three weeks until mm-hmm. the inauguration. Right. And then the inauguration happened and President Biden was sworn in. And no, you know, fucking group of patriots quote no unquote, no patriots showed up to blow to, shit up yeah or or arrest anybody or no <laughs> or, have or donald whatever. trump ascend to his uh, throne sure um but this is the fucked up thing though is and and i gotta be honest with you here don't you think that we should have gotten the stimmy already no because that's, of that's who? stimulus because like, of biden because of biden i mean don't don't you think he should have uh done that first oh well it's not something he can do by executive action, is it? Yeah, but I mean, he's got his, his uh, Congress lined up. He's got his, his House <laughs> and Senate. Uh, do you think, just, just like personal question, do you feel that we should have the stimulus rolled out by now? No, because, I mean, yes, of course, I wish that. But I, I also am a realist, and I understand that Democrats lost seats in the House, and yes, they gained seats in the Senate, mm-hmm. but there's only, it's a 50-50 split, mm. and so no, I don't think that those margins equal a stimulus being pushed through very quickly, no. What do you think should have been the priority? Do you think the impeachment should, should have been like the first thing that they, that they handled? Um, well, it wasn't. It's it's on the docket at the same time as the stimulus. And they've been doing they've been debating the stimulus for a week or two. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like I'm being such a naysayer. I'm like, I, I wanted that stimmy real good. It's coming. It's just taking time. What if what if they bring it down to like eight fifty? Well, they're not or, going to. Or like you what guys are gonna going get to like do, it's gonna be six hundred. No. It's going to be fourteen hundred. And they may lower the the threshold, the income threshold. Hmm. But I did hear that um, this is just kind of kind of random that Romney was looking to do a pretty much like a kid UBI, yeah, where where you would be getting like a couple hundred bucks for your kids. I think it's kind of bullshit that Romney's getting credit for this because there's other members of Congress who've been pushing for this. For well, that's 30 the years. one thing I saw. That, yeah, that's no, the one and, thing I saw. And but. Romney is is I think he's in the news because he's a Republican. Yeah. Um, that's pushing for something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean that's could possibly be part of it. Would be an additional like. If they're calling it like an expansion of the ti- the child the what is it the child tax credit oh okay yeah um just rolled out a different way essentially right. and kind of uh like given, up a little bit given directly to the taxpayer yeah in increments um so i guess that's a good thing i don't know i'm i didn't have expectations that Biden was going to get into office <laughs> and, you know, well, you're jaded, the though. bugle, you're, you know, whatever the angels were going to sing on high and we were going to, you know, stimulus money was going to rain down on our heads. <laughs> but I, you know, I expected the Republicans to. And even some Democrats to balk at the idea of, you know. Of giving stimuluses, stimulus money to people. Stimuli. Stimuli to people stimuli? who, you know, 
are still making money or, or whatever, you know, considering we just got a stimulus last month. I want that UBI, though. I mean, it's I, not I just think that. Yeah, well, not in a Biden it'd be, administration. It'd be nice to dream. It would be it would be nice. Well, you to, know, it's interesting. This is, again, off subject. I read an article that said that Schumer Schumer is courting progressives right now. I saw that. I read that one. Because he doesn't want to get. Oh, do you want to talk about. Because he doesn't want to get fucking primaried. Yeah. Yeah. Like so Tim Dillon primaried so Meghan McCain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like cozying up to AOC and all, you know, the squad. Right. And he's like, hey, Biden, student, see, for, like, student debt forgiveness, 50 thou. Yeah. And it's like, where were you like and 10 all the years Democrats ago, man? Are like, it's like, all right, yeah, old man, he's, he's fucking showing up like Steve Buscemi with the skateboard, you know, <laughs> like on his back. Hey, cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly what the what fuck, man? Yeah. But listen, I mean, we, we need the, the, you know, Democratic leadership to step up and do something. If he's willing to hear, hear people out to to make himself relevant whatever i mean as long yeah. as he's actually doing something for the people who voted for him yeah. and who got biden in the white house because this shit happens every four years and this is my problem with the democratic party to some degree is that there's a lot of lip service every four years mm-hmm. you know where's the help for you know Nothing for people happens. of color you know around the country yeah it's like it it only matters every four years right and so I, we need to see a change i also think the you know, I didn't know this until they started spouting off the, the statistics, but the United States has one of the worst childhood poverty rates in the developed world. Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> we are the United States of America, and there are more kids in poverty than in, like, that's baffling to me. Yeah. And completely unacceptable. One of the, the wealthiest uh, nations in, in well, the, the wealthiest nation in the history of the world, uh, we, we seem to get hung up on the idea that we can't help our neighbor in well, more ways than one, right? We're like, the same country that we gotta, stated that corporations are people. So corporations should are, I really are people. Be- so. Should if, I really be that surprised? If those fucking kids could become a corporation, I think they'd be good to go. Mm. Kids. Yeah. yeah. That's all you need to do, kids. Poorkids.com, uh, S Corp, <laughs> um, or, or find a good tax bracket or, yeah. or uh, I don't so, know what I'm saying. But, so we digress. But the point is, we have a new president. Uh, we might get stimulus checks. We'll see. Um, <laughs> And so after all of this happened, we were like, uh, like we were just like grasping yeah, I, for anything, any kind of joy. I felt pretty ill. Okay. So we decided to, I, I was, we, we have HBO Max. Thank you, Sam and Austin. Thank you, Sam and Austin. You're the greatest, absolute greatest people. We're going to have <laughs> we, you on the show soon. We have gotten so much out of their, their, we've, we've made it worth it. For them to have it just in one month of watching Beat. The, yeah. The- um, so we, <laughs> so I, I want to say it was like a year, maybe two ago, we tried to watch The West Wing. Oh, God. Let's okay. get into this. Okay. Let's, let's get into this. So I know good. a lot of people have very intense feelings about The West Wing. It was a very popular show, mm-hmm. very like lauded, like it won a lot of awards. Sure. If you don't know what The West Wing is, it's on Netflix. Just watch it if you feel like it. We tried to watch it. We probably watched a good portion of the first season. Mm-hmm. 
And it, we stopped watching it. And it's not because it's not a good show. It has, show. it has great actors. It really does. Alice and Janney, Rob Lowe. Fucking uh, Martin Sheen, man. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a really, it's a great show. But it is too rosy. Yeah. It's uh, too idealistic. And it looks like what Hollywood wants Washington to be. And it is not that. Yeah. And and that was like so frustrating to me. And it was every time Martin Sheen just got up would, on one of those. Would, he gets up on his little soapbox because he's, he's really short. He got that Aaron Sorkin, you know, uh, soliloquy coming yeah, up. Yeah, And um, I was just like, this feels so fucking fake and contrived. Like no president has ever sounded like this talking to off the camera to the five fucking people in his office. Like, come yeah, on. But this let's, is ridiculous. Let's unpack it a little bit because I think that it's it's a great chance to talk about something being a product of its time. That show, the reason I think it did so well was because it was set during a time of... of was I it mean, Bush? I don't was even know when that, when that show. But either way, it just didn't strike me as, as something that could be... Uh, what am I trying to say? It's like, it was tolerable to have these grandiose and big ideas. Now everyone is jaded and burned out on politics. Mm. And that's, that's why I feel like... The show doesn't play as well now. 99. So it was like. Time of relative peace. It was around the time Bush was elected. Is when it started. Okay. How long did it go for? A couple of seasons, I'm sure. Seven seasons. Okay. God damn. So they covered probably a lot of, a lot of the Bush. So it, it is sort of like a, a more uh, liberal representation of what the ideal presidency would be like. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know. The conflict just didn't seem as as pressing to me. Yeah, I don't know. It, Maybe I'm just sort of over like late 90s, early 2000s, <laughs> like sappy drama. Like I just couldn't stomach it. And I was just like, this doesn't feel genuine to me. And when we started watching Veep, it felt more, I believed it more. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was it was genuine, and like I believed that all these people were really that all these characters were really just pieces of shit. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't care about anyone but themselves. Yeah, and that's a good thing to to consider as well is that the show Veep as a show has this great urgency, but it's not like. It's not high on its own supply, which is yes. one of my favorite that's exactly, expressions. Like that's it, exactly the problem with the West Wing. That's exactly where it's just what it overly is. grandiose. They're, and you're like, they're just I, like farting into the wind and just <laughs> smelling it and just like a loving it. And the I'm wind's just, blown my way, yeah, says Aaron Sorkin. Let's go. Like, Let's ugh. do this. It just it makes me feel so gross. <sighs> Yeah, I think we're just jaded. I think we're just burned out and we Maybe. don't have we I don't have, have a stomach I for it anymore. I have zero idealism anymore, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But even I mean I'm not I'm not trying to shit on it. I am shitting on it, but it's okay to shit on I, it. But I, mean, you know, I respect the fact that um it's a great show and that people love it. But it just didn't age well. Yeah. 
Well, my, my reaction to it was when we were watching, I'm like, I'm too tired for this shit. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like the immediate thing that like I was watching the narrative. I was enjoying the characters, but at the same time, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not in it, man. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. It's not my show. And I didn't feel that way at all with Veep. No. It's just like, like a fine wine. Mm -hmm. Just fucking perfect. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's just the way to tackle serious issues mm -hmm. is cut it with that humor. Oh God. The season, I want to say it was the second to last or the third to last season where you could tell a lot of more school shootings were happening mm. because they kept each episode. They'd be like a school shooting would interrupt something. <laughs> and it, God. and like the cavalier way that everyone reacted right to those school shoot to those school shootings was just like, it was so spot on. But and that's like, how you talk about it. How yeah. beautiful well, is and that? Satire, like I think that's why it's so meaningful to me because satire is such like a a cutting way to make a statement about something. Exactly. You know, and it's it's you laugh at it, but you're also like, fuck, that's that's a really good point, and yeah. you know the point they're trying to yeah. make because it's not pandering. Satire is truth telling. Yeah, and it's not. But it's there's no it's soapbox. Wrapped. There's yeah. no. I don't feel like I'm being preached to. Like I don't know. I just don't like to be condescended to <laughs> when I'm watching TV. <laughs> I'm don't. a grown woman. Yeah, I don't need to like, be talked to like this. I don't know. Yeah. I'm also I'm also just an irreverent degenerate. I think because <laughs> I. I just I just relish every moment of it and and every just raunchy moment I love. I just think you understand its purpose though because yeah. the show is purposefully presenting stuff to you in that way to get to the honesty of the situation not just the characters but why are these things still continuing to happen? Why do we still have school shootings? Why do we still have like these horrific rates of of lack of education in this country and drug use and all these awful things well because our leaders are so enamored with themselves and their own ego that that is really the only room that they have in their work day they don't have room to make legislation about anything other than themselves right so that's how the show speaks yeah and and what else do you need to know mm -hmm. i don't need aaron sorkin telling me again how to feel about something yeah you know i'm fine i'm i'm okay man mm -hmm. you know <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a fucking brilliant writer though yeah yeah but one that gets high off his own supply yeah. <laughs> and you know can we talk about the the social network though like how fucking bitching that's that script is yeah that was a that's appropriate that was a that left fits. turn but yeah, yeah. no that is but i mean just speaking of aaron sorkin, aaron sorkin stuff yeah. you know that's the man is capable capable of beautiful things but let's movie. not get carried away <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think we're partial very partial to, to veep very jaded and very much uh inebriated slightly um well it, it's actually just a little a little sip to tink to um let's give veep a tink i yeah, thought you were you, gonna spill on the laptop <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch something that 
will make you feel a little bit better about the situation. At least just like allow you to laugh at it a little bit. Veep is the the way. Get uh, uh, an HBO membership from a friend. <laughs> uh, make sure you ask real nice and and go from there because the sky's the limit. Yeah. Premium networking network and networking is where it's at. But fuck, man, HBO has the best shit. They have Lovecraft Country. We'll talk about that later, but they have Lovecraft Country, which was the best. Mm -hmm. And uh, I watched Kong Skull Island, which was pretty bitching too. I'm so happy right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sam and Austin, one more time. <laughs> this episode of Our Kids Asleep is brought to you by Sam and Austin <laughs> for their generosity, their kindness, and just their fucking great friendship i'm so happy right now yeah were we going to talk about anything else um <laughs> i think I that's it i finished the stephen king book but you want to save that one for later so i think we got uh we're at a good 40 50 minutes now we so. can save it for later okay well uh folks it's been a great ride thank you for listening in if you'd like to share your grievances send us an email at what's our email uh, our kids asleep at gmail.com. Wonderful. And please leave a review. Help us out. Help a, a brother and a sister who are married out and help a wow. Help a friend. Friend of a friend. Phrasing. Just um <laughs> let's we let's have keep merch. digging. Can we promote the merch? Let's promote the merch. We just started an experiment. Yes. We have swag. If you want to support us. If you want to share your love for our kids asleep, wear the swag. We have hoodies. We have shirts. And it has the the words. <laughs> Where can they find them? Uh, currently, they're on Teespring. Uh, I will include them in the description. And I'm also going to put them on Redbubble, which I hear is a place where you can have such trinkets for sale. <laughs> and God, I'm really excited about whores, that. Such whores. Hawking our wares. You know, at this point, you know... Our state's not doing real well with our economy. <laughs> I, I really got to try to find some cash. Uh, Let's make some money. Have my soul. Yeah. It's for sale. Oof. I know, right? It's bleak, man. <laughs> Can we end on a bright note for like one episode? Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, we got New York Times and Washington Post subscriptions. That's not uplifting. There's yeah, it is. We're okay. supporting journalism. Okay. Real journalism. All right. Thank you, American journalists, for all you do. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, it's it's a good thing that Yeah, Trevor. It's a good thing that you do. I, I wish we could subscribe to like Oil City News to to help uh help our friends yeah. in our in our local How community. Do they make money? Ads? I think I ads and stuff. Yeah, something like that. It's definitely not that comment section. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Sorry, but Trevor. uh Thank you all for listening. We won't take up any more of your time. We love you. Have a good night, guys. Bye. <laughs>